Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back. I hope you are having a good, good week and I am super excited to bring you both episodes this week. Uh, some familiar faces if you have been listening over the the past couple of months um we did our live suicide discussion panel for world suicide prevention day and several of the guests were guests I had already interviewed um but were joining for that live event and then we released the replay as an episode a few weeks ago now and today And Wednesday, we are bringing you two of those initial interviews. So I'm so excited to welcome back those guests, even though in the chronology, chronology, these were recorded before that. But anyway, uh, today I'm joined by the amazing Anne Allen. A little bit of alliteration, isn't that fun? Um, And it's it was it was a lovely conversation and weird in that. On the surface, the subject matter of the conversation and the work that Anne does isn't necessarily what you would think would be fun and uplifting and joyful, but that really was how the conversation felt to me. Because Anne is a grief recovery expert and deals with grief and loss and helps people through that process. So I think it's, uh, well, always something that... uh, that we we can lose things and one of the things I don't want to kind of steal and thunder but I think sometimes when we think of loss we think of those big losses um the loss of a loved one for example but actually there are lots of things that can count as a loss it's something that we we experience through our lives and there's a quote um that I've heard before but that I love I guess um which is that grief is the price we pay for love, that, you know, living a life full of love. The flip side is when we when we lose people that we love, we have that grief. But um, I guess that, that the balance of, of those, those two things. But as I said, and as Anne will say far more um, <laughs> eloquently than, than I have here, it's not just those things that cause us to experience loss and to experience grief so it was a fab fab conversation with Anne and um and I've just sort of launched straight in to introducing Anne and the episode I guess because I'm so excited about it yeah I'm, I'm coming towards the end of um a batch of recording uh, so this this round of interviews has been going since mid-July <laughs> it's coming towards the end in mid-November but some amazing amazing guests and interviews that I've that I've recorded but to be honest <laughs> with anything when you are really focused on something and you are working hard on something I love having these conversations I do love connecting with people but a little bit of me is starting to feel a bit peopled out <laughs> so um what has been really nice as this this period of interviews is coming towards the end and I've been feeling a bit more drained about having those conversations. I've had some 
of the most amazing of those conversations where I felt really uplifted and um, and had lots of giggling and, and lots of laughter. So that's been really nice uh, for myself personally, but I think also for the show because I don't want to put out episodes that are a bit flat and a bit ugh, because that's not that's kind of not the vibe that we're going for here. So yeah, that's nice. But this um, the two the two episodes that are coming out this week both are um, absolutely amazing in their own ways and I will talk about Wednesday's one on Wednesday obviously Um, but rather than just waffling on for ages at the beginning we're going to dive straight into that conversation with Anne so I really really hope that you enjoy it and I will be back after. Hi everyone and I'm really happy to welcome Anne to this week's episode. So Anne, welcome and if you could tell us all a little bit about you. Well hi, thanks so much for having me Hannah, I really appreciate it. I love helping people with their grief. (laughs) Uh, I love helping them get back into their life again when they find that they're in a place of pain and I've been doing it for over over, uh, 12 years now and I also do energy work too. I do that as a supplement to people who might want a little bit of extra emotional support. Amazing. And energy work is something that we've chatted about before on, on the podcast. The regular listeners, if they didn't already have an awareness of it, <laughs> will have uh, learned about it. So I guess my first question is, what attracted you to grief? Because it's not necessarily something that everyone thinks, oh, I'm really um, going to dive into that and, and work in that area. So was there anything in particular that prompted that? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a very good question. You don't really wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to go help people with grief. It's just not something most of us <laughs> would choose to do. It's not exactly the easiest thing in the world. I was working as an RN in a, in a hospital down in California, and one of my colleagues said, Anne, I think you'd make a great grief recovery specialist. And I was like, well, what what is that? <laughs> and why should I care kind of thing? So anyway, long story short, he convinced me. I went and did the training and just blew my mind mind about how we could just help so many people and it's one of those things that boy I wish I had had this knowledge many many years ago my life would be a whole lot different and I could have helped so many more people but you know hindsight 2020 and we are where we are and since I've done the training I believe it has helped many many people amazing yeah I think sometimes just it's a simple conversation or have you considered this and it takes us on this whole new pathway that's amazing I I love those kind of uh, little moments like that so I guess a sensible place to start for anyone listening and grief is a word that we all will have heard and will have heard it thrown around a lot but what actually is it is it the same as loss is it different if you could kind of dive into that to that that would be great Yeah, thanks so much, because a lot of people tend to get this a little bit um, backwards sometimes, or they they think they know what grief and loss is, is because what we have to remember, first of all, is that these are feelings, these are emotions, and while they have an intellectual connotation and they have an intellectual meaning, we can't intellectualize feelings. We can give them names and uh, give them titles, but we, we have to feel feelings. And this is where people, most people would do, rather do anything 
anything. They'd rather have root canals back to back than to deal with their grief and their loss or any kind of emotional pain. So first of all, loss, and uh, this is this is a long one, a long definition, but it's one of the ones that people usually resonate with the most. There's, there's many different definitions, but these are the ones I, I use the most. Loss is considered the change in or end of a familiar behavior or pattern related to a person place or thing so i'll say it again because it's a long one it's the change of or end in a familiar behavior or pattern related to a person place or thing and by the time you reach adulthood we've usually had at least nine significant losses in our lives and uh, there's actually over 42 different types of losses that we can have in our lives so say for example if we have a change in uh, a pattern or a behavior when would that cause loss losing a job uh, getting married retiring going to a different country Sometimes going on vacation can actually give people a lot of grief and a sense of loss, believe it or not. So loss is anything that's significant to us. And grief, if we consider that grief is the normal and natural emotional reaction to any loss that's significant to us. And I say normal and natural because we have like a roller coaster ride of many different kinds of emotions and reactions that come up um, when we have a loss that is significant to us. So um, a lot of people will, will go anywhere from being numb and in a place of disbelief to being happy because now they don't have to deal with what it's directly in front of them that's been taken away so nothing is ever by the book when it comes to grief and loss it's always different for each person because every relationship is unique and there's no exception to that mm, yeah thank you for those definitions and I guess it really highlights that I think sometimes when we hear loss and grief we automatically think of losing someone of someone passing away yeah. Exactly. And and what you've just highlighted is that there are so many things that could be a loss. Exactly. Yeah. And that grief is possible in, in all of those situations. And I, I guess maybe there's less, I don't know if this is something that you've seen, that maybe there's less understanding uh, or acceptance of the grief around those other types of loss. Yeah. So because when someone passes away, it's like that's a, yeah, that's, you can be grieving, you can be upset about that. But when you lose your job or where you move or you get married that maybe there's less understanding around yeah the impact of that yes thank you for bringing that up that is just so pertinent because it's almost like if we lose someone if somebody dies it's almost like we have automatic um acceptance or approval and 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 we're allowed to to be sad and you know and to grieve but if we lose a pet uh or if we lose our job it's like well you know, go get another pet. There's plenty at the pound, or you know, you get another job. Or it's it's people have a weird idea of what we should be allowed to grieve for, and it's very very sad because we're stopping people from expressing themselves. And when we do that, that's what really has a direct effect on people's mental health, and that's why we're dealing with so many issues today mm. about these things. I think that the pet one is interesting. You just mentioned because I've I've got a dog. I talk about him a lot. He is part of our family. So he's a, he's a little old man. I know we'll lose him at some point and it will be desperately sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know he's had a fab life since he's come to us because he's so spoiled. <laughs> but <laughs> he really is. But, you know, I know that's going to be difficult because he's like our child. 
we don't have children so he is <laughs> yeah yeah and thank you for bringing that up because you know you said well he's had he's had a good life yep I, I don't doubt it one little bit because animals they're actually my passion but here's the thing don't shortchange yourself when he does pass when he does die don't fall into the trap of well he had a good life so i shouldn't feel sad rubbish your heart is broken of course you should feel sad we do it all the time we really disinherit our emotions and we really give ourselves excuses why we shouldn't be sad we try and talk ourselves out of it so for anybody listening please it doesn't matter what you've lost if it was significant to you and your heart is broken you're entitled to feel that loss and you're entitled to have that grief and it hurts and it hurts like heck mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. It's like having that permission to feel what you're yeah. feeling, that it's okay to feel that stuff. Yep, absolutely. Sometimes we have to give people permission to feel. We, we really do. Yeah. So I guess we've already touched a little bit on some of those uh, kind of misunderstandings around grief and loss. But I wonder if there are other myths that you hear a lot around loss and grief. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> there's there's about six of them that are really really out there. Don't feel bad is usually one of the first things people say. Don't feel bad. Well, why not? Your heart is broken. Of course, you should feel bad. It, replace the loss is another thing. So you know, I've already given an example of if an animal dies, it's very easy for people to say, well, just go to the pound, get another one or go get another girlfriend or something like that. Well, you know, you can't go out and get another mom. You can't, you know, you can't go out and replace your family members or things like that. But a lot of the times people will encourage you to, to wait a certain time or just go out and, and replace it right now. Grieve alone is another thing that is, is a myth. And we're taught that we really shouldn't hurt, show our hurt in front of people, that we really shouldn't upset other people when we're grieving, so we should go and do it privately. Uh, another thing is just give it time. Time heals all wounds. Well, I've had people that I've worked with that 30, 40, 50 years, they've been carrying around incredible loss and have incredible pain, and it does not go away unless they know how to recover from it. Be strong for others. This is one that just really is so difficult for me to explain to others that being strong does not mean toughing it out and putting on a brave face for everybody being strong is to show people your vulnerability and show them that you really are hurting and that you need to be loved and taken care of right now as well and another one uh, is keep busy a lot of people will mistakenly try and get someone who's grieving to do everything they can or somebody who is grieving might do everything they can to try and avoid facing that pain because in the end it's always there and unfortunately these must have come about because the most important thing we try to do when someone is grieving we see they're hurting we try and take their hurt away and we just can't and it's really, really, really hard when you've got someone that you love beyond anything on this earth and you see them suffering and your most natural instinct is you want to reach out and you want to help them and you just can't. There are some things we have to walk along alone in this life and grief is one of them. So that's where a lot of these myths have come from. 
because people reach out and they try and do things and say things that they think are really going to help people, but they actually end up isolating them even further. Mm. I guess that one um, you said about grieving alone and that um, and being strong mm-hmm. uh, for other people. And you said about being vulnerable and telling people you need support that, you know, I totally agree. Our natural inclination is to try and fix things and make things better because we don't want people. Yeah. yeah. But I guess in this situation, yeah. all you can really do is be there for that person and support them in that process. You can't do the grieving for them. No, no. And it was it was one of the hardest things for me to learn because I'm a fixer. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm at deep in my heart. I'm a caregiver and um, I've been a nurse for a few years. And so, you know, jump in there and, <laughs> and fix things. But it really took a long time for me to, to come to that understanding that you have to let people suffer because, you know, normally we could give them a pill for a pain or something, but now we're dealing with emotions and that's different. You cannot take someone's pain away from them. You just simply can't. They have to find their own path with that. So, yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I try and do with my friends, which hopefully you'll agree is okay (laughs) to do, is to to appreciate how they're feeling. And I had a a friend reach out to me uh, the other day, and she was – and I don't think it was specifically a kind of loss or grief, but she was feeling some feelings, and she was feeling a little bit down. And I think naturally we'd be like, oh, it's okay. And this is all great. And I just, what I try and do is go, you're feeling that. That's fine. Like, that's normal to feel it. It will pass. But like, <laughs> I think I said to her, you know, tonight you just want to have a little pity party. And that is fine. Don't like force yourself to try and feel all happy and whatever. Just that's what you're feeling. It's okay. Um, and I think sometimes that's more helpful. Like if you reach out to someone, you're saying I'm struggling. Sometimes you just want them to hear that and not tell you yeah. it will be okay. because when you're feeling really low <laughs> that's not helpful no no I think I think that's a beautifully supportive thing to do because again you know we don't want to burden people with our down days you know we tend to isolate we, we tend to not want to show that to people because then we have to justify ourselves and then people are going to try and fix it and it just becomes a nightmare so I think a very valid part of a friendship or a relationship is to be able to have that those moments when you can be vulnerable and say, you know, I'm having a really bleep day and <laughs> this is, you know, <laughs> it, please just don't, don't try to, to fix it. Just let me say my piece. So no, I think what you do is, is very loving and supportive. Definitely. Yeah. yeah we sometimes will send a message. I just need to have a rant about this. Absolutely. And, and that's, yeah. yeah I think that's a great code word for like I don't want anything I just want you to listen for yeah. me to just <laughs> let it out All right and I've done, I've done it myself I said look don't try and fix this I just need to, to say my piece you know and it's wonderful because I have a, a very good friend of mine who's a grief recovery specialist and I just call her up and say okay I need to talk to you okay go for it yeah <laughs> and you know it's, it's just beautiful yeah <laughs> just beautiful so are there any um, kind of particularly big mistakes that people tend to make when they are trying to help someone who's grieving? Yeah, and we've actually already just covered it. People try and fix it. That's the biggest thing. People try and fix it. And, and when they realize that they can't, um, because here's the deal, grief is really messy and it's really inconvenient and it's a total pain in the butt because it will come 
and mess up our whole lives very, very easily. So it puts us out of our comfort zone because we don't necessarily know what to say or to do to help these people. So this is where those six myths of grief come from. And that's when we can get into a whole world of hurt. Because let's face it, if something happens in our lives and it affects our lives, we want it to get back to normal as quickly as possible. It doesn't matter how much you love someone and how much you see them hurting. The bottom line is I want my life back. I want their life back. I don't want to have to deal with this any longer than I have to. It's the bottom line. I guess it's uh, if your friend is grieving, then they're maybe not themselves in kind of air quotes, like the way they normally are. And I want my my happy, you know, friend back. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's not that, that we're being mean or, or not. It's just, it's, it's a human condition. It, it's a default. We want to have our lives the way we want them. You know, I'd, you know, of course you don't want to see them unhappy. You don't want to see them hurting. But when at the end of the day, how many times do we try and avoid having to have that conversation again where we know it's not going to be resolved and then, oh my God, everybody's just in a bad downer and can't we have our lives back the way that we had them before? Mm. I think it's really important to point out those kind of human defaults because I think when we see them in ourselves we're quick to go oh I'm a terrible person I'm doing this and it can be really reassuring to go that's just kind of human nature and it's becoming aware of it and going yeah actually yeah I need to be supportive here yeah it is the human condition it really really is it's just it's how we're hardwired with our dna it's genetic coding it's just how we are and uh yeah and you brought up a very good point you know i need to be uh, supportive here well what about the people who can't be? What about the people who aren't touchy-feely? What about the people who can't get in touch with their emotions? Or, God forbid, somebody cries in front of me. I don't know what to do. What do I, you know, they, they freak out. They literally freak out. They, they just freeze emotionally. So it's very, very difficult for people who are like that, who have that kind of nature, those characteristics, where they really can't reach out emotionally to somebody so it puts puts extra added stress on them when they are in a place where they have to support a griever so would you have any particular recommendations for someone who really resonates with that for for what they can do yes absolutely let that be okay Mm. don't try and be something you're not don't try and say something that doesn't make sense or doesn't doesn't come naturally from you. I'm going to give you a funny story. When my mum died, I um I got rear-ended, unfortunately, and I took my car into the mechanic, and uh, I said, "Look, I, I just came back from uh, from New Zealand, and I, I, you know, in a bad place. Um, I got rear-ended. I guess I was just out of out of the moment because uh, my mum just died and he looked at me and he said bummer <laughs> I said, and I thought great this guy's being honest he didn't know what to say he didn't know you know because he was my mechanic it's not like we had a close relationship or anything he just knew me by sight and by name so he said what he felt was appropriate at the time he didn't try and fix it he didn't try and make me feel better he just told me what what he felt and I thought you know god bless you for that you were just being yourself because people don't like being lied to people know when it's a snow job people know you know when you're ill at ease or when you're uncomfortable and and grief will make people uncomfortable so if you are one of those people who struggle to uh, what do I say what do I do 
don't say anything or say, I don't know what to say. And people will love you for that. They will say, you know, it's okay. You don't have to say anything because they don't want you to try and fix it. That's so powerful, I think, just saying, I don't know what to say. And I think that when you're not being yourself and you're just trying to reach for something, then you kind of get into some of these these sayings, like some of the myths you had, and you you can end up like digging a hole. <laughs> you're just saying things because you're like, I have to say something. And you say the wrong thing because it's not really coming from... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and again, people try and say these things because they want to take the pain away. You know, they want to they want to make you feel better. But of course, we know that's just not going to happen. That's just that just it, it will actually isolate people more because grief does isolate us because we think we have to live up to these expectations that we have to behave a certain way. It's expected of us, whereas in fact, it's we really shouldn't be. Mm. And so you said that this is uh, that grief is something that doesn't have a sort of a finite lifetime that it can sort of last until you go through the recovery, I think was the word that you used. So could you talk a little bit about recovery, what it is, what it looks like, uh, and how you can go through that? Well, sure. Sure. Well, I was trained in the grief, uh, grief recovery Institute and, um, a lot of people don't really associate the word recovery with grief because we're taught that we don't ever recover from it. And uh, that's why I was just so blown away when I did my training. Recovery is, it means that you're able to talk about or think about someone or something that you've lost that's important to you without the horrible, horrible pain that we've come to associate with that person, place, or thing. It doesn't mean that we won't feel sad again or that we won't miss them um, and certainly we'll never forget them. No one would ever want you to, unless, of course, we, we want to forget. There are some people <laughs> that we might want to forget. But it means that when we think of them, we'll have a normal emotional reaction and it'll pass much quicker and it won't take us into that negative space or take us down that um, that rabbit hole so for example when my mom died I knew on my birthday my very next birthday I wasn't going to get a birthday card from her and that was really hard that was really hard because I knew that I'd go to the mailbox and I wouldn't see it in there and I knew that it was okay to have that momentary like oh my god my mom's gone there's there's no card this is terrible and I knew that that was going to pass within a few seconds or a few moments and it did because I'd done my recovery work with her if that makes Mm. sense yeah yeah it does and um there's something you said that that that, um it made me think of um particularly people who lose a child and particularly a young child that there can be this this fear of talking about the child because of not wanting to cause extra pain. And, and something that I've heard, and I wonder if, if you'd agree, is that people say, no, I want to talk about my child. I want their, their part of my family. I want to keep them alive yeah. in, in some way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And when we're dealing with, with children, it's always a good thing to remember. It's not just, it's not the child after it's been born many, many women have miscarriages Mm. and they never get to talk about it. And people will often 
well-meaningly and again wanting to take that take away the pain they will often say things like well you're still young enough you can have another go you know you'll get mm -hmm. pregnant again or if they lose a child a stillborn you know you're young enough you can have another child again and 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 while they may seem like they're you know intellectually it's true but emotionally it's just devastating because here's the thing usually when somebody gets pregnant usually it's it's a it's a happy thing most people are, are happy about it and especially if it's a couple that wants to have a child and all of a sudden they have all of these hopes dreams and expectations for this child and if that's taken away from them all of those are lost and they are very very big emotional ticket items in our mind those are the things that we have longings for you know oh my gosh i'm going to take my my daughter and my son and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and 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 they have all of these wonderful dreams and expectations for this child and it's really difficult when they can't talk about that when they're not encouraged to talk mm -hmm. about it and i you know i work with people who maybe have had an abortion or something like that and I encourage them to name the child I encourage them to talk about what they were going to do with that child or you know the life that they had imagined with that child and that's what recovery is all about it's it's not about therapy I don't do therapy it's uh, it's actual action steps and these are the action part of the action steps that we take to help people recover from from very very sad circumstances mm. Yeah, and just thinking about um, miscarriage there as well, because I think that has got, and I'm sure lots of loss have got these extra layers of, of things that make them challenging. But I think in that situation, you know, in our society, the questions that particularly women are asked of, oh, are you going to have a family soon? Or if you've been pregnant of, oh, how's it going? When's it due? All of those questions are like a constant reminder of the loss, but then you can't talk about the loss and the grief so it's this yes absolutely yeah and you just don't know what to say people don't know what to say about it you know you had a miscarriage well what do i say to them how do i how do we do we mention it do we talk about it mm. or do we just pretend it didn't happen and it's very difficult it's it's a it's an emotional minefield having to navigate your own grief or anybody else's for that matter so yeah it's really really difficult mm. to know where to start the conversation mm. and like you said it's it's personal for everyone's everyone's grief is different is different um, absolutely but yep. i get i guess just that reminder of if you don't know what to say just say i don't know what to say exactly yeah, yeah it's like you know i i i heard what happened i but what what do you need here? What can mm. you know? What do I say? I have no idea. It's it's really difficult. Yeah. Or how can I support you? And that might be I don't need anything now. Leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone for now. But yeah. it's asking the question of that person rather than just assuming. Oh, they'll yeah. need this or. Yeah. And I usually just follow their lead, you know, especially if I don't know them very well, I just start talking with them and listen to what they're saying and then just follow the leads. Like, okay, they don't want to talk about it. That's fine. And then I just let them know, you know, I, I do this for a living and I'm here and I really can help you if you need help. And okay. So there, then we move on to whatever it is they want. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I think that's all been um, amazing kind of information and, and things to think about. And uh, before we move on to our set questions, I wonder if you have any final thoughts or advice around grief that you would like to share with us. Just be honest. Just be as true to yourself as you can. 
And when you're as true to yourself as you can, then you can really help others. Mm. And let, just let it come from the heart. You're going to screw it up. It's not going to be perfect. You're going to fall all over yourself. I do. Everybody does. You know, we, we, nobody's perfect. Just let it be okay. Grief sucks. It hurts. It's painful. It doesn't go away in five minutes. You can't brush it under the carpet. Just be yourself. Mm. Brilliant. Thank you for that. So, yes, I have my set questions I ask everyone. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on these. Uh, So the first one is what brings you joy in your life? I love being a witness to love. And what I mean by that, just seeing people interacting, it could be a young family walking down hand in hand. It could be someone doing something kind for an animal. It's just, you know, an act that I see happen between two people or yeah, just witnessing love. That brings me great joy. There's um, a YouTube video that I like. It's, I've got like an inspiration playlist. And the whole thing is just someone does a nice deed for someone and then someone sees it and does it for someone else. And some of them are really small. But you watch it and I can feel like the emotion, like they're welling up because it's really beautiful. Yeah. And it's sometimes just really small, really tiny things. But it's yeah. just that ripple effect. And yeah. Yeah. Sometimes just a smile. Yeah. just just giving a smile could be the best thing you can do all day for somebody yeah, yeah amazing uh, so my next one is what makes life meaningful for you having a purpose mm-hmm. having a purpose and knowing that I'm part of something that's greater than me Brilliant. yeah I love I love that the idea of purpose uh, so my next one I've got two questions around this uh, so we talk um, a lot on the podcast about mental wellness mental well-being so my first first part is what does mental wellness mean to you having the ability to give myself space to be wherever I am and know that wherever I am whether it's good or bad I can always return to that balance to that that space where I can find something that makes sense for me I love that <laughs> it's just it's fab. <laughs> so, the, so then the uh, the second part is for yourself how do you do that how do you look after your mental well-being well a couple of gins help no I'm just kidding <laughs> no um, <laughs> you know it's taken many many years to really get inside I spend too much time I hit sometimes I think unfortunately I just have to find my own um, my own still point I have to know where I am connected to my source to to my divinity whatever you want to call it um, and I have to know how I can always return to that and that's kind of my my default my compass setting mm, brilliant thank you so my next one sometimes a bit of a challenge for people but we'll see uh, is can you describe your mindset yes <laughs> <laughs> My mindset, as I get older, I've really realized what's truly important in life. And my mindset is to be of service to myself first, because if I can't take care of me and I don't know who I am and where I fit into the world, I can't help anybody. So be of service to myself and then to animals and people. Mm. I think that's a really um, important thing that... uh, something I was I was talking about yesterday actually in my in my Facebook group about that need to kind of look after yourself be in service to yourself 
um, to look after other people. Because I think sometimes we think, oh, it's selfish. I can't do that. I've got no time. But we can't be there for the other people we want to be there for if we don't kind of refuel ourselves, if you like. So. Absolutely. It's, it's absolute craziness if we don't take care of ourselves. It took me a long time to learn that. And, you know, we, 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 we get caught up on that whole selfish thing and that's just rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. Mm. If, you know, if, if we can't value ourselves, why, you know, why do we value other people but not value ourselves? Are we not a person too? Are we not important? Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. But I think it's, yeah, I think so many people have that, that, get caught in that oh it's selfish or not valuing themselves and it's trying to like you said find that sense of worth or um but I did for many years you know it's very easy to value yourself very and it takes a while I think to get back from that to uh it does yeah thank god with age comes wisdom otherwise (laughs) (laughs) oh brilliant so um, my next question Um, And this could be specifically related to loss and grief, if you'd like, or more general, um, is that I always ask guests that come on to leave the listeners and me with between one and three tips of things that you would recommend that we put in place in our life that are going to have a massive impact. Number one, get a firm grip on who you are and where you fit in to the world, like I said. Number two, take good care Mm. of yourself. Number three, be kind gentle loving and caring to yourself and to everyone else around you brilliant thank you so much for those and then my my very last question is where can people connect with you where can they find you online if they want to find out more about the work you're doing or about grief where where can they go great thank you so they can go to my facebook page heal your grief heal your life they can call me directly i always i'm kind of old-fashioned i just like to pick up the phone talk with people uh, my phone number my contact phone number is three six zero seven two one three four three three and that's in the united states they can also go to my website heal your grief heal your life dot com and on the uh home page there there's a little button that says take the am i grieving assessment now they can click on that and they will get a free assessment because believe it or not a lot of people don't know if they're grieving they're not sure and that will automatically give them their uh assessment and it will also automatically sign them up to be on the email list and i send out newsletters i also do a lot of free meditations and I have classes and workshops and things like that. So they'll be able to see all of that on the website. Oh, and there is a little page. I like to tell people this. There's a little page on my website that says, let's honor them. If you have a person or an animal or a place or a thing that you have a photograph and you would like that on that page, I have like a little moving slide gallery there. You're very welcome to contact me and I'll make sure that goes on the page for you amazing that's lovely yeah and we'll absolutely link in the show notes so that people can find you easily from there lovely thank you thank you so much Anne. i've I've loved speaking with you about grief and it's been really fun and uplifting which (laughs) maybe maybe doesn't go together with grief but um you know i think uh you were saying about having a purposeful life and i can sort of tell that that conversation with that friends kind of led you on, on that path. And it's, um, yeah, I think it's amazing work that you're doing, helping people to heal from grief. So thank you for joining us and sharing your wisdom with us. Well, thank you so much for having me as a guest, uh, as a guest Hannah. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you very much, dear. Yeah, you're very welcome. Mm-hmm. 
So thank you again to Anne for joining me for this conversation. As I said, I loved speaking with Anne. We had this conversation and then when I was putting together the panel uh, for World Suicide Prevention Day, uh, it's something Anne and I had actually spoken about off off camera, off mic, if you like, about loss and, and about suicide. And so I invited her to come back on the panel and I'm, I'm so glad that she joined us for that. But yes, it was, it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's quite a heavy topic, I guess, um, quite difficult emotions and thoughts that come with loss, come with grief. But hopefully you are feeling the same joy and kind of uplifted feeling that I felt having the conversation and then also listening back and editing the conversation. And it's something between recording this a couple of months ago now, uh, all of our interviews are a few months in advance and which is inter- has been interesting <laughs> this period because life can completely change as we've seen uh, over over a few months. But actually, I really appreciated this conversation and listening back to it because I um, a few weeks ago lost a a friend, um, a good friend, and you know, lo- loss. As, as Anne said, any kind of loss can lead to grief. But I think the one we tend to think of is the, the loss of a loved one. And it can be, yeah, come with, with so much stuff, basically. But I think for myself, personally, listening back to this conversation was very much something that, I don't know, I needed maybe. Um, maybe not quite as strong as that, but it was very timely uh, for me to listen back to it. So um, I really appreciated that. And I really hope that you got something from that conversation as well, whether on a personal level, thinking about supporting others, maybe also just being a bit kinder to yourself about those other types of loss and allowing yourself that that moment of grief. And I love that we talked about pets because I think that it can be one of the ones that we have those really powerful feelings about. And sometimes people in society will be like well they're just a pet (laughs) but uh, if you are a pet owner and animal lover in the same way that I am then you know that's not (laughs) their family Um, not for everyone but for me definitely and um, you know fellow pet owners that I know definitely they are part of our family and it can really hit us and it can feel difficult when people are like well you can't, you can't mourn them, you can't grieve them, or for that long, they kind of want you to get over it. But anyway, that's a, a complete aside, but I, I love that we kind of brought that up. So hopefully you can have a bit of grace towards yourself if you have experienced any type of loss to allow yourself that process and that time that that it, that it can take. Um, and as Anne said, it's is always with you, um, but hopefully becomes a little easier to to carry, if you like. So that is everything. Massive, massive thank you again to Anne for joining me. On uh, what I will say, if you uh, eagle-eared, I guess, <laughs> listeners, that's not a saying. Owl-eared, maybe they've got good hearing. I don't know. Um, but if you, um, when I introduced the guests for this week at the end of last week, I said that we would have Leah's episode this week. Uh, but actually Leah's episode now will come out next Monday. Um, so we've pulled stuff forward, but but Wednesday we will be joined by Cara, 
who also joined us on that suicide discussion panel uh, for another another fab conversation. So please do join us again for that episode. And if you have enjoyed listening, whether you are a first time listener, regular listener, returning listener, if you like, um, it would be amazing if you would rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really does help us to reach more people, basically. So we can really share our message of I don't know, well-being, <laughs> being kind to yourself, uh, everything that we talk about on here. And I also would love to hear from you things, um, well, anything, <laughs> but um, suggestions of topics and guests that you'd like us to cover. And I also would love it if you've listened and if you've got a top takeaway from this episode, please do tag me on social media. Um, I'm across everything basically twitter facebook and instagram at psyche coaching p-s-y-k-h-e coaching or mud tag me and let me know your top takeaway from the episode i'm really curious or nosy um as i also like to call it (laughs) it's just pretty true but yes please do connect and i hope you have a good couple of days and i will speak to you on wednesday take care bye